Welcome to the Blood Cancer Experience, a podcast series presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. This series connects people affected by blood cancers to their community with stories of hope, healing, and help. Hi, I'm George Athens, your host for this ongoing series of podcasts presented by the LLSC. Today, our guest is Jacqueline Galitza, and our topic for discussion is a good one. It's the fear of reoccurrence, wondering if a cancer will return after successful treatment. But first, some background on Jacqueline. She's an oncology certified registered nurse with over 20 years of experience in that field of medicine. She's an assistant professor at Queen's University School of Nursing, where her research program focuses on psychosocial concerns, including fears of cancer reoccurrence of post-treatment cancer survivors. In her research, Jacqueline partners with cancer survivors and clinicians to identify researchable topics that can improve care provided to cancer patients, survivors, and their informal caregivers. In her spare time, when you can find Jacqueline, it will be with family, gardening, surfing the internet, or planning her next home improvement project. You're a busy woman, so thanks for taking the time to speak with us, Jacqueline. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Can we start uh, with a little information about your background um, and the importance of dealing with the fears of cancer reoccurrence that survivors often experience? Sure, sure. So, so as you just mentioned, I, I am an oncology certified nurse. And although I don't work in a clinical context now, when I first started hearing about fears of cancer recurrence, I did work as a clinician with cancer patients who were on a clinical trial. Although I worked with them primarily while they were on treatment, I, I started to hear from them about their concerns that they were having as they, as they were beginning to approach or getting closer to the end of treatment, and even how they were starting to feel when we first saw them those first few months after treatment. My conversations with these cancer survivors prompted me to look more into the post-treatment experiences of cancer survivors. And then I began to learn that actually fears of cancer recurrence was a common concern among them. At that time, and that was about 2011, I was, I was beginning a, a PhD program and fear of cancer recurrence was starting to be discussed within clinical audiences and research communities. And so I took that opportunity to spend my time as a doctoral student and then as a postdoctoral student to learn more about the fears of cancer recurrence among, among cancer survivors. So you say um, the fear of reoccurrence is normal then. Um, how can you help a, a loved one to stop worrying about that? How do you speak to these concerns? Yeah, sure, sure. So, so it, you know, as I was preparing and my thoughts uh, for today's conversation, um, I did acknowledge that there was um, an LLSC uh, webinar, um, a recorded webinar by Christian Schultz Quatch uh, about fear of cancer recurrence, what it looks like, what it is. And so I'm going to base some of my conversation with you today upon some of that work. And I'd refer to your listeners to go back and look at that. But the latest research indicates that close to about 60% of cancer patients and survivors experience some level of fear of cancer recurrence. And really there's no difference by type of cancer diagnosis, where in the world a person lives, nor the time period that's passed 
since diagnosis. And so just that fact that knowing that fear of cancer recurrence or FCR as it's commonly uh, referred to, it is a normal experience as reported by so many cancer survivors. That can be really helpful to people in and of itself. But there are a few things people can do regardless of what level of fear of cancer recurrence that they're experiencing. And I think we may get to talking about that, that in a few minutes. Yeah, so I'm, that obviously is, is the next question. Uh, what can people do to address their fears of uh, a cancer reoccurrence? Right, right, sure. So, so there's a number of different um, interventions that uh, are being studied and have been studied to um, help people cope with their fear of cancer recurrence. And usually these interventions are, are kind of grouped into people with lower levels of fear or moderate and sometimes even higher levels of fears. So I would recommend the first step that people do is take some sort of assessment of when they experience any fear of cancer recurrence. For instance, are there any triggers that prompt any thoughts that lead to fears about cancer coming back. This could include hearing cancer in the news or such as a new treatment uh, that's been discovered or a celebrity, uh, a celebrity's new cancer diagnosis. Um, heightened fears of cancer recurrence could even occur around the anniversary of a diagnosis or around the time when follow-up scans are needed. So to help log some of these trends, it can be helpful to keep a journal to log any thoughts of fear of cancer recurrence and how it affects someone. In preparing this for this podcast, I did notice that the LSE has a podcast about journaling. And so this could be a useful place for people to start to learn about journaling and get started. And sometimes that journaling, such as gratitude journaling, can be really helpful, especially for people who have those lower levels and, and some moderate level of fear of cancer recurrence. So being coming aware of the types of situations that could trigger higher fears is an important place to start. Um, another thing to keep in that journal is any kind of coping strategies, inventory the coping strategies that people are already using, both generally as an individual and, and whether, whether any of these strategies are used when fear of cancer recurrence is experienced. How helpful or unhelpful are these coping strategies when fear of cancer recurrence is experienced? Are these, how are these uh, coping strategies contributing or helping fear? For instance, do they worsen or alleviate um, anyone's fears? Now, I appreciate that some triggers cannot be avoided. For instance, attending a medical appointment as a follow-up is important, but that in itself could be a trigger of higher fears. And so um, I'll get into now some of the more specific strategies that can be used even in that period leading up to and while attending these appointments that shouldn't be, be avoided. Um, so after getting back to this journaling, this idea of journaling and logging and looking for trends, um, when, someone should also consider the level of fear that they're having because how you cope with the level, with cope with fear of cancer recurrence really depends on the level of fear fear that you're experiencing. So like I mentioned earlier, close to 60% of cancer survivors experience some level of, of uh, fear, but just under 20% of survivors will experience these highest levels of fear. These people report persistent, almost constant and intrusive, worried thoughts about fear. They could be hypervigilant or hypersensitive to bodily symptoms that could be signs of recurrence. So these people may also be able to 
un unable to plan for the future, believing that cancer is inevitable. So logging these trends, knowing the degree of cancer recurrence that someone have, these are important steps to knowing what sorts of interventions could be useful to cope. And now here, you're waiting for it and you're waiting for me to speak to the types of interventions. Um, you know, research in this space has really evolved over the last decade um, and has narrowed down some interventions that can be helpful for survivors to actually cope with or even help them reduce their levels of fear. Based upon the current research, it seems like there are some strategies that are useful to help with any level of recurrence. And so one of this being educational interventions. So by this, I mean for people to receive individualized cancer information, like fully understanding their cancer diagnosis and treatment, where they've been, what they've received, what to expect for follow-up, such as how often will they be followed, what blood tests will be uh, required, what kind of scans are needed, and knowing possible signs and symptoms of recurrence. These are all important pieces of information that can help be helpful to lower some people's fears and help lower their levels of uncertainty about the future. If someone finds that they haven't received this type of education, I suggest that they go back and they could look at materials that they've received from their cancer care team. This, and by this, I mean materials that they could have received at diagnosis or at the beginning of treatment. And then after reviewing that material, people could reach out to their healthcare team to clarify any questions that they have based upon their particular nuanced circumstances. If people don't have this material either, you know, sometimes we lose this or sometimes it gets misplaced, I recommend that they reach out to their healthcare team to find out where they could get this information. But with that, I do want to stress the importance of, of getting um, reputable and accurate information. So avoid any kind of Googling, which could include information from any type of resource, both reputable and not. And the, and the LLSC Society, um, um, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada has reputable information. So getting to people, so we've been talking a little bit about people who have those higher, those lower levels of fear of cancer recurrence, but what about those people with higher levels of fear of cancer recurrence? They might find it helpful to seek out professional support that can help them notice and manage any of their unrealistic thoughts that they may have about cancer recurring. This professional support can be either a social worker or a psychologist, and these are ideally people who work with cancer patients or survivors. They know their needs and, and, the, and, and uh, how coping with cancer um, survivorship specifically. The available research does indicate that some interventions are particularly useful for people experiencing high levels of fear. One intervention that's showing utility is cognitive behavioral therapy. Sometimes people may read about this as CBT for short, and this is intended for us to help us notice negative or destructive thoughts that we're experiencing, such as fear of cancer recurrence, and how these thoughts are affecting us. With CBT, a professional and client work together to understand the impact of negative thoughts and work to reframe them or help us cope with them. And so both the individual and group forms of CBT have been shown to be helpful for fear of cancer recurrence. But I want to mention that CBT uh, focusing on specific fears of recurrence is ideal. And lastly, I want to talk about mindfulness. We hear a lot about mindfulness and it is um, available in our communities around us, but it is showing some help in helping 
to help people cope with their fears of cancer recurrence. Mindfulness is a way of being, and it's a skill set for us to slow down and some take some time for us to notice or become aware of what we're experiencing, both within our bodies as well as around us. So through mindfulness practices, we can examine situations more objectively and then move forward toward accepting what is. For instance, that we may be feeling fearful and we can notice those feelings and let them be, knowing that they, they will eventually pass. Mindfulness interventions can be offered individually, but listeners may want to know that um, they're more likely to find it uh, available and offered in a group setting, but both individual and group mindfulness interventions are helpful for fear of cancer recurrence. So I know I've been going on a lot um, with, but I hopefully I've captured um, some different strategies for people with different levels of fear of cancer recurrence. And so that first step is knowing how, the triggers and the amount of fear of cancer recurrence, the degree of fear of cancer recurrence someone's experiencing. Wow, we covered a lot of ground <laughs> in a short period of time and uh, very informative, uh, really. I just have one simple little question uh, to, to wrap it all up, Jacqueline, and that is um, how important is it just to take it day by day, just enjoy the moment? Mm-hmm. Great question. Great question. And um, I think it's great advice, but it, in the reality, it's a lot easier said than done. And so I think the, some of the strategies that we've talked about, and you know, I immediately thought of that practice of mindfulness, that taking one day at a time, but just noticing and being aware um, of, what, of what we're feeling and thinking and just um, accepting that it is and it will pass and if it but for those people who it doesn't pass there are definitely professional um, interventions and supports that are available and useful well thanks so much again um i, I think it's a very important topic and uh i think you handled it very well so thanks for taking the time to speak with us today thanks again for having me if listeners have any questions about this podcast or the subject discussed today or need any support or resources to navigate your experience, I encourage you to connect with a community services lead in your region. For more information, visit bloodcancers.ca. If you liked our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us wherever you access your favorite podcasts. We also welcome any ideas for our program, so we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email with your suggestions or comments at info at bloodcancers.ca. Until next time, stay well and stay connected. Thank you for listening to The Blood Cancer Experience, a series of podcasts presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. We are committed to supporting the blood cancer community through programs, services, and research. This podcast is presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada.